Our scripture passage this morning comes out of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 16. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascend mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all of the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together, by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. We're continuing on in our series, The Armor of God, and we are now on the belt of truth. And I must say that I have heard the armor of God taught many times. I have taught it several times. I have never taught it this way. There is so much, I know this sounds funny, but there is so much that I have learned. It's just amazing. We were even talking a little bit earlier this morning um, just about the arrows. That's one of those things that I'm like, man, this is what I deal with. I wonder if anybody else can relate. Well, I have my answer because ever since we taught about the arrows, I, I just will call them confessions. But there's been so many different people that have been like, hey, man, you know, I was, uh, I shot some arrows today that I shouldn't have shot. I, people have told me, hey, you just shot an arrow, right? So you've got to be careful what you share up here because, I mean, you know, you're just the target but you know but it's just so many neat things and I, th I believe that that God has just revealed so many real things real life situations as we've walked through this everything from the helmet of salvation you know did you ever really understand and see it from this aspect of this is the battlefield of the mind this is what we deal with we need that surety in our minds that confidence in our minds because you know what we get attacked with so many different flaming arrows 
So and even th- so, from there, and then you know, you look at that. We talked about the shield of faith was the next thing, and the shield of faith is really something that quenches these fiery darts. The shield of faith is what the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, is living water. Why else is Paul writing about quenching fiery darts? Because the faith that we have is the Holy Spirit that's been given to us, and the truth of what we know and understand that there is living water. That quenches anything the enemy can shoot at you. Pretty neat, huh? It's interesting because it's something that we can take and really apply to everyday life. Well, now we're stepping into something else. The belt of truth. And I know for those of you OCD that I'm out of order. I know the belt of truth comes first. I don't know why God wanted to bring things about this way, but he did. But now we're getting into the belt of truth. And the reason the belt of truth is first is because everything stands on the truth. Everything stands on the truth. Truth is foundational. It is our key to earthly relationships. If you don't have truth, imagine what your relationships would be like. A mess. But it is also key to our spiritual relationships. Truth is vital and it is the bedrock for life. Sermon in a sentence, ready? Truth is vital for survival. Truth is vital for survival. We're talking about the armor of God, right? Because we need to be protected. We need to be Defended against the attacks of the enemy. If you are not defended, then you will lose. Truth is first. It's vital for survival. You can take that same sentence and apply it to your earthly relationships. Your relationship will not survive without truth. Truth. Sometimes we like it. Sometimes we don't, do we? Truth can be healing, but at the same time it can hurt. Here's a couple phrases that we use in life about truth. Like, I'm telling you, this is the God-honest truth. Right? Cross my heart, hope to die. Don't need to finish that, but you know where it goes. It's one of those things that this is, but you know, these phrases we use, then they kind of roll off of our tongue, but it's about truth. I kid you not, is another one. You can take this to the bank. Yep. Well, why don't you put that in your pipe and smoke it, right? Because it's truth, yeah. Scouts honor. You know, it's all of these different things that this, it, it has permeated our life because it is so important to us. People go and we do go at great lengths so that people will believe what we say. We want to be a person of honor, a person of integrity. When I say something, I mean it. It's true. So that we have trust. 
Jesus also talks about the truth. John 8.32, the truth will set you free. 14.6, I am the way, the, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Paul goes on to talk about truth as well in 1 Corinthians 13.6, that love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. Love rejoices in truth. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? Look at the relationships within your own life. Love rejoices in truth. And then out of the passage that we just read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Great statement can be as challenging as who knows what. Speak the truth in love. It doesn't say with attitude. Right? It doesn't. Don't speak the truth with attitude. Don't speak the truth to, in, a, in a fashion or in a way that you think that you can get your point across because the only way that this person's going to listen to what I've got to say is if I get all animated and crazy and voice tone goes up. Speak the truth in love. The belt of truth is what we're moving into. The belt of truth couple things about the belt, and that's pretty much what we're going to focus on today, okay? So we're going to talk about the belt and what that means and what that is, and next week we're going to get into more so what truth is and how those two, those two things come together. But the belt and what Paul is talking about here, Paul is Roman, so he's thinking Roman soldier, okay? Roman soldier has a belt. They come into um, training as, as a young, young boy. And they would go into training. And as they've spent time in training, then they earn their belt. That means step one. Okay? So they get this belt. And then as they go through their training, if you've seen the, the different pictures of, of the of Romans and the, the gladiators and all, they have a, a wide belt and then they have strips of leather and stuff that come down in the front to cover their thighs and such. These belts were... Very similar to what we would look at as our letterman jackets from high school. Letterman jackets tell who you are, what school you went to, what your accomplishments are, what sports or academics or whatever you excelled in, how many times you excelled in them, how many years. You could look at somebody's letterman jacket and tell a whole lot about that person, couldn't you? You could do the same with our houses. We customize our houses according to our likes or our identities we customize our cars we customize our offices we customize a lot of we customize our phone cases because we are individuals and we have likes and we have dislikes and this is my identity and this is who I am and that's the same as the belt that the Romans wore it was their identity you could look at someone's belt and tell a lot about that person the belt of truth. The first thing that Paul tells you to put on is who you are. It's your identity. Interesting, isn't it? Just like we talked about the shield of faith, when you get up in the morning, it's not about picking up your cell phone, it's about picking up the shield of faith. You can't forget that. 
the Romans wore their belts all the time. On duty and off duty. They never left the house without it. It's who they are. So you put this belt of truth on. Now there's different things as they go through their training that they would get to put on their belt. This one doesn't have the straps that come down the front. But, for example, do you see this piece here? This is what would hold the sword. So there's three different things that they would have on their belts. Okay? They would have weapons. They would have equipment. Ropes. Things along those lines. And they would also have food rations. That they would have. On. That's what they wore on their belt. Because they always needed those things. You never know what kind of situation that they would get into. That they would need those things. So as they moved forward in their training. Then, then items would get added to their belts. Clasps, hooks, rings. They would hook stuff on. Very similar to Batman. Right? Batman and his utility belt had anything and everything he needed. Which is just absolutely amazing. I'm sure Robin was just in awe. But it is. It's one of those things as far as his belt was had everything he needed. And it comes from a standpoint of that's what Roman soldiers had. Anything that they needed was there. And not just that, but it had to be on right. It had to be on tight. Because you know what? In the heat of battle, they're used to knowing where things are on their belts and they could grab it. Well, what if your belt got twisted a little bit? You know? I needed a rope, but I grabbed a sack full of grain. I mean, you know, that, that's, that can end their life quickly. You know? Or I grabbed a rope, but I really needed that dagger. And you know what? <laughs> Things are going to turn out so well. But it's not just about having an understanding that you have the belt, but that it's placed correctly, that it's tight, and that you know where your pieces of weaponry, equipment, and food is on your belt. Well, that's, fan that's fantastic, Ian, you know, but I, I, I'm not going to be wearing my belt to work tomorrow that's hung out with all this stuff. You know, I'm just not going to do that. So how does that translate into the spiritual? Right? That's what we need to know. How does that translate? Weapons. We're talking about it. We've also talked about it in the past. What, as believers, in our fight against the enemy and to advance the kingdom of God on this earth what are our weapons prayer the scriptures love joy peace here's a tough one patience right long suffering patience goodness Kindness, meekness, self-control. Those are things that God has given us and deposited to us that are weapons against the enemy. Right? That is us learning what they are and practicing those. And understanding that they are attached to the belt that you've been given. Whether we use them or not, they're there. 
but we have them. So we have weapons that have been given on this belt of truth that go around our waist that you get up in the morning and you put on before you walk out of the house. We have weapons. Well, equipment. What is that? What, kind of, what are you talking about there, Ian? Do you remember what was buried in the depths of our backpacks? Our gifts. Interesting how these continually come back into play, isn't it? But we do. We've been given gifts. Even the passage we read talks about that, that we have each been given a measure of grace as a portion to us by Jesus Christ. Grace is a gift that you have that you can use in a situation or circumstance that you might be in and you can give to someone. Give grace. Be graceful. But see, we don't really necessarily look at them as our equipment. But it is. There are gifts that we have that God loves to watch us put into play in situations. Discernment. Wisdom. Right? Knowledge. Understanding. Hospitality. There are lists of gifts in the scriptures. Lists. And those are our equipment. That's why in understanding who we are and how God has gifted us, by me being able to step into said situation, I have weapons, I have gifts that I can pull off of my belt and insert into the situation. And it's all hung on truth. Well, what about food? This is one of my favorites. Not food, but this passage. No, food is one of my favorites, honestly. So what about the food rations? So Ian, I've got these things attached to my belt. You're telling me that these food rations are attached to my belt. How spiritually does that transfer into my life today? Let me read you a passage. Familiar story that, that I, I know you guys are, would be familiar with. It's out of John, John chapter 4. This is the woman at the well. Verse 27. Just then the disciples returned and were surprised to find him, Jesus, talking with the woman. But no one asked him, no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see this man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Well, they came out of the town and the people made their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged Jesus, saying, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then the disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought in some food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Now, if you remember the story, Jesus is sitting there. He goes to the well and he meets the lady there and they have an exchange and conversation. And Jesus does, tells her everything about her life. While he's sitting there, the disciples went to get something to eat. Everybody was hungry. 
Well, they come back and Jesus is talking to a Samaritan. And the Bible tells us that the disciples didn't ask him, what are you doing? They were surely thinking it. But they didn't ask him. And then finally she leaves to go proclaim what Jesus had told her. And they say, are you hungry? Do you want something to eat? No, I have food that you do not know of. What does that even mean? It's an interesting point. Jesus goes on to explain it. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Have you ever been so engaged in doing a task that you're not really hungry? Or you forget to eat? But you're just so focused on doing that task? Most times, it's because we are focused on doing what we are enjoying. It's something that we're focused on. It is our purpose, it is our personal will to complete that task. And we are so involved, and we are so ingrained in that task, that everything else goes away. Because we're accomplishing what our hearts are focused on. Right? That is what Jesus was doing. He was so focused on the will of the Father to complete those things that he was satisfied. That's the food. Accomplishing the will of the Father. Doing the desire of his heart. was satisfying to him. I don't need to eat. Have you ever been here? You're so focused on your project and you're so focused on what you're doing that somebody comes up to you to talk to you about something that has absolutely nothing to do with what you're doing and you're like, why are you even talking to me right now? Right? What? Did you just say? That doesn't compute in here at all. That's what happened with Christ. Now, it's interesting because it's similar. Physical food, spiritual food. But Jesus is like, guys, what? I have, you know what, I got food you don't know nothing about. And, and that's kind of the, 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 almost the attitude that, that I see in that, is that Christ not, not doing anything but just moving that out of the way so he can stay focused on what God had purposed him and called him and designed him to do. I don't have time. To, I don't even know what you got in the bag. I don't want any. I got, some, I got food you know nothing about. Back focused on what he was doing. We've all been there. But have we been there in such a situation that we are so focused spiritually on what God has called us to do and what His will is for our life or what His will is for us in that moment that you don't think about any physical food or how cold it is outside or anything because you're doing the will of God. You see, on our belt of truth, that's your ration. That's what you partake of. Is understanding that you are doing what God's called you to do. 
You're moving in His will. And that gives you strength. It satisfies your stomach. It gives you focus. It empowers you. So when we've talked about in our backpacks as far as our, our portraits and who we are and how God designed us and why he even made us, when we know we have stepped into the will of what God has called us and designed us to do, then you know what? You're satisfied, aren't you? You're satisfied. And when you're satisfied, then you know what? You're defended. Hmm. Why? Because it's truth. You're standing in the truth of who God has called you to become and what he's called you to do. And so therefore, not much can attack it or not much can attack you when you know something's true. Is that right? When you know something's true, somebody's going to be pretty hard pressed to convince you otherwise. Right? That's the belt of truth. Jesus was sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was doing what he was supposed to be doing by the will of the Father, talking to the lady at the well. He was engaged with her. She had gone to proclaim who he was. People were coming to see him so that he could minister to them and they could realize that the Savior and Messiah had been sent. Not the time to ask him if he wants a burger. Right? But he was so sure that he pulled from heaven food to eat. That he was focused on what he was called to do. The rations that hang from our belt of truth is doing the will of the Father. That's the food the disciples didn't understand at this point in their life. It is the food that they well understood once they got into the New Testament and after the, the church in Acts was established. That's the food. So our belts, our belts are our identity. They're what you have learned. It's what you have earned. Our belts are also our weapon. It's where our weapons hang. Right here. Within hand's reach at any point in time. Our belts also carry our equipment, our gifts, the talents that God so graciously has given us that we can pull and use and implement into whatever situation that he allows us to be in. And it's also where we carry our food rations. It's understanding that we're in the will of God. There's a satisfaction that's there. There's strength that comes from being in his will and living according to the truth that he's given us. That's our belt. Interesting piece, isn't it? It's a whole lot to it, isn't it? <laughs> Next week, we're going to talk about truth. What is truth? It's something that, that really, first and foremost, as Paul brought it out first, that has to solidify in our hearts. Truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth. Our belt of truth. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the day that you've given us. God, I thank you for this day of understanding more so of these pieces of armor that we have. 
God, I thank you for truth. That it is something we can stand solidly upon. It is something that we can anchor ourselves to. It's something that we cannot be swayed from. Father, it keeps us grounded. And it is you. Lord, we're so thankful. God, I ask you to bless us with understanding, a deeper understanding. Father, bless us with a a knowledge on how to apply these things in our lives. Father, in the situations that, that are ahead of us this week, may we look down at our belts and understand that we have been given gifts by you to be used in the battles that we're in. We have weapons that are at our fingertips. And Father, you are faithful and true. These weapons can be used in our battles. The equipment that we have, the gifts that you've given us, are to be used in our fights. And Father, I thank you for supplying us with the food that is needed, the spiritual food, Father, that gives us strength, that satisfies us to know that we are where we're supposed to be and doing what we should be doing. So Father, bless us with all of who you are. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.